What mobile security concerns should financial institutions be bracing for as consumers adopt mobile banking and mobile payments? BITS, the Technology Policy Division of the Financial Services Roundtable, has released some mobile research through collaboration with its members, saying institutions need to be forward-thinking, even if current regulatory mandates don't specifically address mobile concerns. Hi, I'm Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group. I'm here today with Paul Smoser, president of BITS, who shares some highlights from recent research conducted by BITS Mobile Financial Services Working Group about mobile security. Paul, BITS recently issued a list of suggestions for mobile security based on information its Mobile Financial Services Working Group collected from 50 U.S. financial institutions and security experts in the industry. What stood out among the group's findings? Tracy, I, I think there were a couple key points. Obviously, this is a uh, channel, a service channel that will continue to grow over the next few years, and, and therefore one clearly that institutions need to pay attention to. Uh, as a consequence of that, I think institutions recognize that uh, as they offer new products in this channel, that they need to pay attention to both the risks and the potential mitigations to those risks to protect, uh, first and foremost, their customers, but also the institutions themselves. Uh, I think one of the other key findings is that, uh, particularly in the mobile payments space, uh, there are a lot of options that are being explored uh, and that the, the kind of base or core uh, payment system uh, still has yet to be identified. So in a nutshell, I would say those are the three primary areas. And Paul, I wanted to ask you about your personal take on the mobile threat landscape. Which threats concern you the most? Well, I think that when I think of this channel, I, I think of it in two ways. Uh, one is that uh, in a lot of ways, it mimics the online environment, and so a lot of the same kinds of risks and controls that we need to be concerned about in that environment uh, move over to mobile. Uh, obviously, it is slightly different, though, as well, and uh, there are both opportunities uh, as well as new risks that get introduced. Uh, there is still, even within the mobile environment itself, uh, many providers, many operating systems, et cetera, and that presents uh, something unique that we don't typically see, uh, at least not with the maturity of the online uh, environment that we have today. And you've probably answered my next question, and that is what kind of mobile adoption trends and emerging security risks are you seeing? And it sounds like it's just developing. Well, you know, when we think of mobile, we tend to think of it uh, if in the broad sense of mobile financial services incorporating really uh, three or four key areas. Uh, one is, is mobile banking itself, and, and I think most people have come to define that, and we have certainly come to define that, as basically taking a lot of the functionality that was available to customers in the online environment and moving it over to the mobile phone space. Uh, I think there's a, there's a pretty high rate of adoption and implementation in that environment today uh, because the, the technology is fairly well known, the controls are fairly well known, and there's a level of comfort with customers in terms of, of using that uh, same functionality but in a different channel. Uh, 
I think the kind of next level is uh, the, the what we call the mobilization of some of the services that customers tend to have to uh, be physically present to perform today. So the, probably the best example of that is the, the idea of remote deposit capture, uh, you know, capturing uh, copies of checks and making the deposit through your mobile phone. Whereas today, to do that, you typically either have to go to an ATM or go into a bank branch. Uh, that's also emerging relatively quickly, and, and there are, I believe, a good set of controls around that. The third key area is the whole mobile payment space, and that's uh, frankly where we still see the most churn and the most study being done with regard to uh, ways to adequately control the risk in that space. There are a lot of uh, players in that market now. Uh, the market itself, I'm sure, will mature over time, but there are a lot of options and a lot of ways to affect uh, the idea of mobile payments, and that ecosystem is still uh, pretty broad and, and still, I think, as I said, going through a lot of churn uh, as folks try and think about the best ways to offer those services. And I also think there's, as a lot of the recent uh, articles and studies have suggested, there's uh, a bit of trepidation on the part of consumers to uh, really want or accept that service sans knowing how it might affect uh, both their security and their privacy. So that area of mobile financial services, the mobile payment space, is going to have uh, a longer maturity cycle than we're seeing in some of the others. Some of the folks who have been involved in the work we've done so far provided to us, and we thought they were good recommendations. Some of them cover information with regard to what customers can do to protect themselves in this environment, and some of them obviously relate to the environment itself and what institutions can do. There are some that, that speak to how you should, as a customer, now that some of this functionality is being added to your mobile phone, how you need to protect that mobile phone and to recognize that it's no longer just a device on which to speak uh, or even to text, but now it's a device that provides you with the opportunity to find confidential and private information. If I were to look at the recommendations, the fundamental piece of advice that uh, I would make is that you almost need to start to think of your phone in the same way you think of your wallet today. You know, it's something you need to protect and it's something you need to make sure you're not sharing with folks that you might not want to see the kind of information that you have available through it today. And Paul, how often does BITS expect to update these recommendations? We are actually uh, in a series of fairly continuing work. We, we started another cycle of work about a month or so ago. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, this is clearly an emerging channel. Uh, there's a lot of opportunity for both institutions and their customers to benefit from this channel. We see this as something on which we will likely be concentrating over the next few months uh, to try and refine the work we've done so far and probably eventually get to a series of stronger recommendations. Uh, I hesitate to say best practices, but perhaps at some point uh, that will be the outcome as well. 
Now, when it comes to mobile security, a number of institutions have questions, especially about steps they should take to ensure their mobile online banking platforms conform to the FFIEC's updated authentication guidance. Now, given the absence of mobile's mention in that guidance, what types of questions has BITS been getting about mobile security from banking institutions? I think most institutions recognize by now that that the regulators intend that guidance to really apply to any electronic environment. It was originally issued in, I believe, 2005, if I recall correctly, and referred to as Internet Banking Authentication, but it became quickly clear to institutions uh, from the messaging from the regulators that it was broader than internet banking and included at that time not only internet banking but but some of the call center kind of work as well. So I think institutions generally understand that uh, uh, given that scope, it also applies in the mobile banking space as well. I think uh, to the extent there are questions, it's not around its applicability per se, but it's around how to affect the same kinds of controls in the mobile space that we have seen grow in the online environment as well, whether it's how best to authenticate customers uh, who are using their mobile phone as the entry channel or how best to monitor for anomalous activity. Many of the same kind of controls still apply. The question is, how does the technology make their implementation different? And that's been the subject of of a fair amount of discussion that we've had uh, with our members. Yeah, that's a great point, and it's a nice segue to my next question. I wanted to actually pull out some comments that were included in the recommendations. And there was one that stood out. It was made by Jim Routh, head of mobile security for Chase. And he says that financial institutions need to get consumers to password protect their mobile devices. And I wondered what that means from an FFIEC conformance perspective. What additional layers of security, such as stronger passwords for account login, might BITS recommend? Well, I think there are a couple things to, to consider, you know, particularly with, with Jim's comment. I think as with any online channel, uh, there are responsibilities and, and uh, risks that the institution needs to address, and there are also responsibilities and, and things that a consumer can do to protect themselves more effectively. I think in Jim's uh, quote, he was pretty specifically talking about the idea that mobile phones typically come with the ability to to lock the phone after a certain period of inactivity. That kind of simple step by a consumer protects the phone itself and use of the phone. But I think that realistically institutions are looking more, and I think this is what your question is getting to, institutions are looking at the authentication techniques that a customer would use to actually access their account information or to, uh, you know, if we go all the way to the end of the channel, to actually affect a mobile payment of some sort. It's a slightly different nuance. In the one case, you're talking about protecting the physical device itself by having the timeout and the password lock that requires you to enter a password to actually use the phone itself. So that's kind of a first line of defense that a consumer can easily implement. But I think looking at the authentication techniques that are available, some, again, mimic the online environment, so require you to enter a user ID and a password and to validate information that's returned to you or ask challenge questions. Those same kind of things are available. 
I think among the promises that mobile offers as a channel and, and certainly something that we're continuing to look at is whether the device itself also offers additional authentication techniques that might be unique to the phone environment. The ability, for example, to use some biometrics either via kind of the use the camera to take a picture and validate that it is in fact the customer or in some cases phones that have fingerprinting abilities on them are certainly things we're exploring as other possible authentication techniques going forward. What steps or recommendations do you have for banks that they should be taking now to enhance mobile security? Well, I think like any product or channel in which a financial institution offers services, clearly they need to be doing a good risk assessment. I think that's something that institutions understand just from a good risk management perspective, and it's certainly something I think they understand that the regulators expect them to do as well. When institutions look at this particular channel and and part of what we're helping collectively to try and do is to understand where there may be different and unique threats, where the threats are the same that have been faced before, and as a consequence of, of that kind of just very base analysis, if you would, you know, what kind of mitigations that we've used in the past effectively can also apply in this channel, and where the channel presents unique risks, what do we have to do Uh, to mitigate those risks for the customer and the institution. A lot of continuing research will be going on in this space. We're certainly, as I mentioned earlier, focusing on this. Everybody really wants to get this right. It, It is a brand new channel with a lot of promise, but as a brand new channel, I think collectively we want to make sure that we understand it well and that we mitigate the risks up front uh, in the channel before it expands significantly. Paul, I want to thank you again for your time today. You're welcome, Tracy. It's been good talking to you again as well. Again, we've just heard from Paul Smoser of BITS. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kitten.